0: hi i'm lucas and i'm brian and this is the quacks podcast hello friends welcome to the podcast so just lucas here today brian is having a vacation in california with his daughter and their friends so good luck to him right now with a teenage daughter (laughs) Uh, anyway, it's just going to be me today. I'm going to talk about Turkey Tail. I'm going to be talking about some news articles, and so let's let's jump. Well, let's before we jump right in, there was something I saw that I wanted to chat about real quick. Apparently, uh, Mercola, which is a great website for news, always very well sourced. Uh, I think it's been out for over 15 years. Apparently, Google. Uh, in their June 2019 update, which took effect on June 3rd, they have effectively removed Mercola.com from Google search results. So when you're going to enter a health-related search term uh, into Google, you'll no longer find Mercola.com articles in the search results. Uh, the only way to locate Mercola articles is going to be by adding Mercola.com to the search words in questions. So I don't know that that's pretty crappy you know, to have Google be censoring them. And, and I don't think they're censoring... I don't think it's just Google. I think it's also Facebook, YouTube. Um, one of the... Apparently, one of the primary sources of Google's quality raters are uh, instructed to use Wikipedia when they're assessing the expertise or authoritativeness or trustworthiness of an author or site... And Wikipedia is censoring information and crafting narratives to benefit certain groups. And uh, it's just kind of a mess. So anyway, uh, natural health stuff out there is a little bit under attack, which is a little concerning. But uh, yes, we're going to keep pushing through, I suppose. With that said, this week, we're going to talk about turkey tail, which is a mushroom. And you might have also heard of it uh, by its more scientific name. It's called Coriolis versicolor. And I want to talk about this mushroom because it's pretty interesting. Uh, It's very recognizable. It grows on trees in these little rings that look a lot like a turkey tail, which is where it gets its name. And the mushrooms have been used throughout history, uh, with with evidence of their use in China during the Ming Dynasty in the 15th century. So they've been around for a while. Now, usually these mushrooms they're used in a hot water extract, and they're usually used for the immune system, like mostly colds and flus. However, they're a lot more dynamic than that. They really have a wide range of benefits that I want to talk about today. So, if you were interested, you could actually eat turkey tail mushrooms if you wanted, but they're apparently pretty chewy. So, most go for the capsules of the powder. All right. So, uh, just kind of like a brief overview. Uh, they have a good amount of nutrients in them, the turkey tail. Uh, they're a great source of potassium as well as like riboflavin, which is vitamin B2, uh, niacin, which is B3. It's also very high uh, in, in panathenic acid, uh, phosphorus, copper. So it's got some good nutrients in it. And for cancer, that's where I think it's really interesting, how turkey tail is used. And it's used so much in the treatment of cancer in Japan and China. And I really think the Asian countries, they're a little more up to date with the use of mushrooms medicinally while well, you know, we're in the U.S., we're, we're kind of lagging behind. And it makes sense because the use of mushrooms, it's, it's a very cultural thing in Japan and China. So, there was a meta-study in Asian countries. They looked at 12 different clinical trials that use turkey tail alongside traditional therapies like chemotherapy. So, 12 different clinical trials and a meta-study, that's, that's a good amount of evidence. And the meta-study found that on average, using turkey tail provided a 9% reduction in in 5-year mortality among patients. Now you might be thinking 9 years or I'm sorry 9% over 5 years that's you know that's not that much 9 or 10%. But if you think about it that's one additional person alive after 5 years for every 11 people treated. Every year in America at least 1.7 million people are diagnosed with cancer. So when you think about the numbers you're starting to see that it's actually hundreds of thousands, millions of people uh, that would be alive who wouldn't be after you know after you start adding the numbers up and the cancers where this was most apparent were breast cancer gastric cancer and colorectal cancer and it was least effective in esophageal cancer and nasophageal nasopharyngeal can- carcinoma which is it's i guess it's a cancer of the head and neck it, it starts in the upper part of your throat behind your nose the things i look up right now in another study Uh, A certain glucan of turkey tail was looked at in mice, and after giving mice different dosages of this glucan from turkey tail, uh, the tumors that they had were smaller, and the thymus and spleen were larger after nine days, and this suggests turkey tail, it can be possibly used for tumors, and I I thought the thymus bit was interesting because, you know, as we get older, our thymus tends to shrink. One of the signs of aging is that your thymus basically disappears. But the thymus does a lot of really cool things. It's located right in your heart region, and it's a crucial gland in your immune system. So I thought it was kind of cool that this turkey tail was almost anti-aging for that gland. And really, you know, when I'm, when I'm, the reason I'm talking about this stuff, the reason I I want you guys to know about turkey tail is most people are going to have someone they know uh, diagnosed with cancer at some point in their life. And, you know, this is really big in Japan and China for obvious reasons. They've done the research, they've shown that, you know, it increases the chance of living after five years. And so it's just, I just want you to kind of have this in your back pocket because all around the world, there's different lobby groups. The FDA is different than the regulations in other places. And so everybody in the whole world is kind of speaking uh, a different health language. The, the way they do things in Europe is different than how they do things here in America. And because of the internet, you know, it's so global, we can, t- we can pick, we can get all the different, uh, you know, benefits from all these different countries and combine them uh, for ourselves. So anyway, going on, the, the next study looked at cancer in dogs. Same story. Uh, they found that when they used turkey tail, the cancer metastasized slower. Their survival times were longer. Uh, and then lastly, oh, this was really cool. There was this awesome case study, of an 83-year-old woman with advanced metastatic inflammatory breast cancer. And she took turkey tail at 4 grams twice daily, so total of 8 grams a day. And combined with Taxol and Herceptin chemotherapy, she was alive three and a half years later at 87. And this case study was from a while ago, so I don't think she's still alive. I mean, she could be, but... It's nice to have a real flesh and blood case where someone lives longer uh, than they quote unquote should. I think that's pretty cool. Now, aside from cancer, there is a pretty amazing study, although it's only on around 60 people, and these people, they tested positive for HPV in the mouth, and they split them up into two groups. One group got a mushroom blend containing reishi and turkey tail. Reishi is another mushroom, so, and the other group got the standard therapy. And the group getting the standard therapy had a 5% response rate. So basically nothing. It did not help them. But the group getting the mushroom blend had an 88% clearance rate over two months. So super high. And I love studies like this that show such a drastic, drastic effect. I think that's awesome. So if you go to Amazon, you can actually look at different mushrooms and you can look at their feedback. And one of the things I looked at was AHCC, which is very similar to turkey tail, Uh, and in the feedback, the HPV clearance, you know, it was awesome. Uh, Most of the people reviewing it, they're women who, you know, they get an abnormal pap smear, they have HPV, and a lot of them talked about, you know, getting rid of dysplasia and all that stuff. So really, really positive there uh, for that. And lastly, there was a study on type 2 diabetic mice. It showed that an extract of turkey tail had a very strong anti-diabetic effect that lowered insulin resistance so i decided to test this out personally and i can attest that uh my blood sugars were lower while i was taking turkey tail now i'm not a type 2 diabetic i'm a type 1 diabetic that's a little bit different you know you get diagnosed when you're young and it's an autoimmune disease but you know brings blood sugar down so that is true now as far as which one to take uh how much you know how much to take studies show that you can take up to nine grams per day Seems like in cancer, it's usually four to eight grams. The only side... I I looked for side effects. The only side effect I really found was that it may darken your fingernails and stool. It's kind of strange, but anyway, there are a bunch of different brands. I tried Host Defense, which is a great mushroom supplement company. I trust their manufacturing and quality. I'll put some links to their stuff in the show notes and on the site. I'll also put a couple of good summaries on Turkey Tail from Dr. Axe and others in the show notes if you're interested in more information. Now, real quick before we move on, I want to give a shout out to showit.co. These are the guys that we built our website on and my friend JT over there was kind enough to let us use his site and and so if you are a photographer or if you're, you know, need a website for your wedding, it's super easy to use drag and drop. Really nice website uh, to launch a website. So anyway, if you're interested, showit.co. Check them out. All right, on to the news articles. Now, the first news article is almost a joke, but anyway, the it was this piece that was in in, an NBC and CNN, and it was a study that looked at people's skulls, and they found that there's these little bone spurs growing on the back of people's skull. You know, right on that little nodule. And they hypothesized that people are getting these bone spurs from too much phone use. Apparently, the younger you were, the more pronounced these spurs were on the back of your head. And so they thought, well, it's because people have their head down looking at their phone. I don't even know. Anyway, there was trouble with the study. I guess one of the authors, they had a financial conflict of interest. It was a weird conflict too. It was like he sold pillows that were good for chiropractic care or something like that. And so they said that was a f- financial conflict of interest because uh, somehow that was going to help with these bone spurs. I don't even know. Um, but anyway, that was one of the bad things about the study. And then there was actually the fact that they didn't measure the bone spurs and the amount of time that people spent looking at their phone. The link was just hypothesized, you know, because we're not supposed to have these little horns in the back of our head but they're showing up more and more so anyway that's an interesting interesting little article you can check it out NBC or cnn and i'll put the links in there i just thought that was too funny not to mention and then lastly cool article on mercola's website about sleep kind of ties in with last week's talk topic a little bit so in a recent study published in diabetes care uh funded by the national heart lung and blood institute they looked at not just the amount of sleep you got but the regularity of sleep Now, this new study, they discovered that when participants did not stick to regular bedtime and wake-up schedules, it put them at higher risk for obesity, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and other metabolic disorders. They found that for every one-hour deviation of sleep duration, the participants' risk of metabolic syndrome increased by as much as 27%. So, a one-hour deviation in timing is like, you know, going to bed earlier or later than regular by one hour. The study looked at 2,003 men and women between the ages of 45 and 84. In addition to wearing sensors for seven days, the participants also filled out a sleep diary and answered standard questionnaires about their sleep habits and other lifestyle and health factors. So, you know, the prospective results, they demonstrate variations in duration and bedtimes. They actually came before the development of metabolic dysfunction. So, that provides evidence for a causal link between like a regular sleep and metabolic disorder. So, so you know, there you go. It's, it isn't just about getting more or less sleep, but also sticking to a certain bedtime and having that regularity, that rhythm that your body can depend on. And I was talking to a client of mine earlier uh, this week, last Sunday, and your body just it really likes rhythm. You know, that was what one of my mentors really taught me is it likes rhythm, it likes... To know what time it's getting up it likes to know when it's going to eat it likes to have an idea of what it's eating Uh, it it likes to get into this rhythm and from there you can layer on from from there you can have that order and layer on top of that chaos if you want but it it likes to have that rhythm at a base level so anyway that's it for me for this week a little bit of a short one thank you guys so much for listening thank you for all your support Go to quackspodcast.com if you want more information, if you want to see the notes from this podcast. And uh, I hope you're enjoying yourself out there. Don't be using any of that bad sunscreen. And uh, I'll see you next week. Be well.